Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Today we're discussing page 51 of Alien Hunger, and unfortunately today is one of those days when I have to scan the fucking multiverse. You know what? I'm angry at the author today because this is hard podcasting. Now granted, there was no way the author could have known back in 1991 what a podcast would be, but you know what? People like me existed. So so the author could have predicted that someday someone would obsess over books like this, would be involved in some kind of weird creative project with them, and that, that this would cause trouble. Let me explain. We're in the character section, right? We've gone through all different characters who had eh, more or less something to do with the story. You know, we did Angel Tony yesterday, and he's barely in the story. But where he is in it, he's definitely in it. He does like one thing, right? He steps out of the shadows, and he talks shit about you, and he says cryptic things. And that's it. That's very small, but it's definite. Now we're on to some characters who they're only kind of... Uh, uh, in the story in a probabilistic way. Like, they're dropped into it, but then what's going to happen with them, how they're going to be used, is totally up to the storyteller, which on one level I kind of appreciate leaving the options open. But on the other hand, number one, it is hard podcasting. Number two, these are characters who are going to take up space in the book and in uh, prep time, the storyteller's prep time, with no real definite payoff. They're just sort of around in case you need them. And if you're going to spend time on a character like that, you need to develop them effectively. You need to give me some pointers as a a storyteller, as a reader, on how I'm supposed to get value out of these characters. There are three on this page, and these are all the characters who woke up with Vampire Drama Club in Prester's Basement. I'm going to cover the first two very quickly. Mavis and Susie Jackson. Remember the delicious woman and her daughter? You wake up with them in the basement, and I think the main thing you're supposed to use them for is, uh, as a storyteller, you're supposed to peer pressure the players, like, oh, if you were real role players, you would eat the delicious woman and her kid, and then you're supposed to make them feel guilty about it forever after. And, you know, if you do that, then they'll work fine. I mean, they might as well be anybody at that point. I mean, who cares that they're Mavis and Susie Jackson? It's just a woman and and a kid, and we don't really need to know anything else. I'll venture to say it's, it's wrong to eat a child from any walk of life. I would feel guilty about it regardless. So why do we need this backstory? If you don't use the characters that way, Because the reason they're in the story at all is because Prester chose these two to embrace, turn them into vampires, but then when he died, they reverted back into humans. And so when your player characters, in this case, Vampire Drama Club, they wake up as vampires in the basement, they wake up with Mavis and Susie just being human beings again. If you don't then eat them, then what are you supposed to do with them? Susie is a kid. There's not much you can do with her. Like if you're not going to guilt the players about eating her, she's kind of useless. I think she's an eight-year-old or something like that. It's not like you can call her up to do you a favor. It's not like you can get her to, you know, run down to the local gun store and load you up on a duffel bag full of weapons for your raid on the Prince's Club during the day. She's she's eight. She can't do anything. She can't do shit. No offense, eight-year-olds. You, but you can't do shit. You're useless. And it makes no sense that Prester even embraced her because the only reason that he made her a vampire is because he couldn't bear to separate her from her mother, Mavis, whom he desperately needed to embrace because, you see, quote, Mavis is a librarian at the rare books room of the Denver Public Library, which is Prester's main interest in her. So the thing is, she's a public librarian, and Prester thought he might need some rare books. 
So he thought, in much the same way as if I needed my Gothic manor painted, I would, you know, find a house painter and turn them into a vampire so they could paint my house exclusively at night. Or if I needed a good lawyer, I'd find a good lawyer and turn them into a vampire so that they would lose their practice and their livelihood and their soul would be crushed by having to consume the blood of the innocent. And then in between all that, then they could represent me exclusively at night in court. In the same way, like here's a public librarian who serves everyone in the public for free, including vampires. I would love her to get me some rare books. So what I'll do is turn her into a vampire so she loses her job and, and can't function during the day and call people to, for example, borrow books for me and uh, have her borrow books for me. Great thinking. I mean, far be it for me to judge. I, you know, I'm not the one who cracked milk. But from my perspective, this plan is not Mr. Pasteur's best work. But those are just two of the humans you wake up with in the basement. Another one is Vincent Bellhurst, who is Monica's husband. And the reason you got to scan the multiverse here is because, as with, you know, Mavis and Susie, who, if you don't immediately eat them, it's not really clear what's going to happen with them. They're just kind of floating around in the story. Even more so with Vincent, assuming you don't kill him first thing, which you probably won't because he is Monica's husband, and there are a lot of other people around to eat. I mean, we're vampires here, but we're not complete dumbasses. If you're going to kill a human being for their blood, why your husband? You need him to pay rent. So assuming you don't immediately kill Vincent Bellhurst, then he's just hanging around in the story afterward, and a lot of different things could happen with him. Quote, if you are using the pre-generated characters to play the story, Vince will be a constant thorn in Monica's side. He will be dragging her back toward her mortal life with every word he says and every move he makes. He will be worried about her, always asking if she is sick and trying to help her over the terror of the night in the basement. Now, asking if she is sick, to me this implies that maybe Vincent won't immediately understand that she's become a vampire, like maybe you're going to keep it from him for a while, which seems like a difficult thing to conceal in a marriage. You know, like some people are closer to their spouses than others, but if you stopped being able to go out into the sun without catching on fire, that would be a rough one to kind of subtly conceal from your spouse. I mean, like you're going to have to paint your bedroom windows, for example, like paint them black. I mean, you know, if your spouse were in on it, you could just get like real good blackout curtains or whatever. But, you know, those could be opened by your spouse if they're not in the know. So you'd need to like you would need to paint them over. Or maybe you'd have to start sleeping in the bathroom. That's something some vampires do sleep in the bathtub. I leave it as an exercise to the listener. If you want to find out uh, how plausible it is that you could hide something like this from your spouse, just go ahead and sleep in the bathtub tomorrow night and don't explain to your spouse. I'm doing this for podcast reasons. Just, you know, put off any any concerns, any questions that they have. I just, you know what, I feel like it's been a little bit warm lately. You know, maybe we don't like the bedroom exactly the same temperature. Really, this, I mean, honestly, this is your fault because you're very demanding with the way that you like to keep the bedroom. And so, for like, nothing against you. Like, look, I'll take the hit on this. I'm going to go sleep in the bathtub exclusively from now on. You got to make yourself a martyr in a situation like this. <laughs> but enough, enough tips about misleading your spouse. I don't find it very plausible that Monica is going to hide her, her true nature from Vince for very long. So what else can happen here? The text of this page does give some options. Quote, he will be hard to throw off the track. The police may be convinced that the characters are innocent of wrongdoing, but Vince will be a danger until Monica rids herself of him somehow. This is a situation ripe with role-playing potential. If Monica tries to just convince Vince to leave, play out his confusion and heartbreak as he is still very much in love with Monica. Even if she takes a coward's way out and disappears or fakes her death, continually remind the player of Vince and of how much Monica misses him. So those are some options. You could just vanish. You could fake your own death. You could tell Vince you don't love him anymore. Try to get him to walk off into the woods without you. Yell at him like Harry and the Hendersons. But there's a flaw in your plan if you try that because Vince is not a Sasquatch. He's a cop. Sasquatches, famously introverts, if you break up with them, 
you will then be rid of them. Unlike a cop. More valuable relationship advice in this episode. Quote, if the characters decide to tell Vince what is going on, he will be torn. He cannot sanction preying on human beings, but neither can he give up on Monica. If they choose this course, have Vince help as much as he can, as long as the characters convince him they are feeding only off of cattle and the like. If he feels betrayed, have him hound them to the ends of the earth. So you may decide to let Vince in on this because you don't want to fake your own death or just vanish, but also, obviously, you can't just lie to him. You know, he's, he's going to figure it out if he's still living with Monica. And in that scenario, it says Vince is going to be torn. Now, if you, if you really lie to him and betray him, then he can become your enemy, right? He might even become some kind of, like, vampire hunting cop. So that's one option that could happen here. If you lie to Vince, but, but it's a weak lie, you know, you just tell him, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Like, we're, I mean, we're finding blood around. Don't, like, of course, we're not killing anybody. We're not attacking any human beings. Just, you know, a dog here, a cat there. Knock over a blood bank over there. We're just, we're getting blood. Get off my back, Vince. Then I think maybe there's some real drama there because here's this guy who's going to want to believe Monica, but it, gradually it's going to strain credulity that everybody's feeding in this way. And then as more things happen in the city as well, like people are getting attacked, you know, eventually he may begin to doubt her so that you may have some real drama there. And in that case, maybe this isn't so dumb at all. And, you know, it's just plausible enough to keep him on the line for a while because there are all these cows on the outskirts of town. Everybody knows about it. And that brings me to the dumbest thing in this page. And this is this is on only one possible future out here in the, in the multiversal field of possible timelines of alien hunger. One thing that could happen. Here's the thing. Monica is a Ventru. That's her clan. And the clan weakness of the Venture is they can only feed on one kind of blood. So, like, for some of them, it's a gender thing. For some of them, it could be, like, they feed on a particular occupation or people who are in a particular state, like people who are scared. Could be sort of contextual, like um, people who know you, people who work for you, people who are off limits to you in some way. Like, every Venture has their own particular thing about feeding that they enjoy and that they can only feed exclusively on that kind of blood. Now, as of the time that Alien Hunger was published, there was no explanation of how Ventru figure out what their deal is. Like, do they just have to keep trying different kinds of blood until they find a kind that works for them? Or do they instinctively know? Or, or how does this work? But it would soon come to be established that you don't initially have this limitation. It's just that you try different kinds of blood and then eventually, like very soon after your embrace, you fixate on one kind of blood that you fed on and that becomes the exclusive kind you can feed on. So like the clan weakness takes a minute to solidify. And it's only after you've had a chance to do some, some feeding as a vampire and adapt that it becomes binding. The dumbest thing in this page, and this I think is something maybe the author didn't consider. And so it's dumb by accident. If Monica actually tries to subsist on cows to placate Vince, or she has him like take her out to go feed on cows as a, as part of the lie, like to convince him that she's just feeding on cows, like Maybe this is a situation where as like as a couple, you're dieting together. And so, you know, you can go get your cheeseburgers and fries and pizza or whatever it is you want if you want to be a lying piece of shit to your spouse, which is the theme of this episode. But if you just do that and don't cover your tracks, then they're going to wonder, hey, what, what, what are you eating? Are you doing the diet? So, you, I mean, if you're going to go eat pizza or whatever, then you also have to like spend a night with them making some kind of bullshit squash soup or whatever it is you can eat on your diet so that they see you participating in the thing you're supposed to be doing. Don't wonder where you're getting food. How are you eating? What Monica might do is take Vince out to go do like a cow drinking expedition to convince him that she really is like a vegetarian vampire who's only feeding on animals to throw him off the scent while she then goes and like feeds on humans on the side. If she does that, there is a real risk that as a Ventru, because she doesn't know she's a venture. She doesn't know this is a possibility. 
she may like imprint on cow blood and she may become exclusively able to feed on cows. This would be very embarrassing for a Ventru because she always has to return, like, like a salmon swimming upstream. She always has to return to the cows of Denver to slake her undead thirst. Like, what a wonderful karmic punishment for a person who's like, actually, I am this abomination, this predator who feeds on my fellow human being, but I'm going to lie to my husband about it and say that I only drink the blood of filthy cows in the Denver area. And then you work yourself into a shoot, and now you can only feed on the filthy, disgusting blood of cows in the Denver area forever. It's very fortunate for Monica that in our continuity, in this podcast, she eventually found a cure because sucking cows in the outskirts of Denver is no way to go through eternity. But it might just save your marriage, as, as foul as it may seem, because that's what love is. We're closing in on the end of the character section now, but we have one more vampire to cover before we leave. Well, one more known vampire and one unknown vampire depicted beating the shit out of him. Join me next time for both of them on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time.